when I was a kid, I wanted to be a pop star when I grew up, and now I am a fitness professional. Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do, a podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guest today is Rachel McCluskey. Originally from Chicago, Rachel has been in the fitness world for over seven years. Her passion for teaching stemmed from an extensive background in performance and the belief that powerful change can occur through movement. Rachel is the creator of the Recharge Method that's a blend of breathwork, meditation, and movement to create a mind and body release. She's also the founder of Recharge Wellness Company that hosts events and retreats for women all over the country. Her passion for connecting women in a safe space has created an incredible community throughout the world. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Rachel. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Of course, so happy to have you. And I've been fortunate to take some of your classes and get my butt kicked, but leave feeling very energized <laughs> and good for the rest of my day. That's and, always the you know, goal. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind is a question I asked, um, you know, an instructor you've worked alongside, Deja Riley, in one of our previous podcasts, which is fitness is such a broad space. And I've taken a bunch of different classes with different different instructors. And I'm just curious, like, how did you figure out which part of the fitness world you're most interested in teaching classes? And how do you, you know, how do you go about motivating people in your classes? Mm. So initially, I, I mean, I danced when I was a kid. So I knew that I loved to move my body. I was always really active. And I really liked things that were beat driven. And as I mentioned, I was a singer prior to becoming a fitness instructor, which is kind of a funny swap. But I loved music and I loved being able to perform. And when I was in college, I decided to teach at my local gym. I was like, why don't I try to teach a dance class? It wound up being a Zumba class. That was my first venture into the fitness world. And I just started to see the way that people could really be affected from the inside out with movement. And I always wanted to create a space that felt really safe for people to feel, to connect, to release, and to be able to really go deeper than just kind of working out for a six pack. And that was years into teaching. Initially it was a college job. And then I was like, wow, I love this. And I feel like I'm having these real experiences with people in my classes that it took a turn to say, okay, I want to try to do this full time. And I want to really teach in a different way where it's, it's mind and body and it's focusing more on the mental release and how you can feel after moving your body rather than you know a goal of a bodybuilder or something like that where it's really regimented and focusing on the body we want to focus on both and that was where i really got inspired to step into that side of movement and anything that i can teach to the beat of the music so that it feels dancey even if it's not dance is just so much fun and that's where i get to connect my love of music to my love of movement that's awesome and i think that's that's something that I gravitate toward in my own workouts. And I, I know plenty of people who prefer like the drill sergeants you might get at like a Barry's boot camp. And that's great. Totally. Um, but I, I found something is very refreshing about when you incorporate, you know, the mental side of things into a workout. So like I could be taking one of your boxing classes where you also you aren't just 
looking at how I jab and cross, you're you're actually thinking about what's what's the mental state of the people in my class right now. And for me, that makes a big difference. I think that's that's a huge part of fitness. And I'm glad that like you and other instructors are starting to be very mindful of that in, in classes. And, you know, you you mentioned you're thinking both about the movement and about the mind. So when you're preparing for these workouts, you know, how, how do you start? Because you're not just thinking about muscle groups. What's the what's the thought and preparation you're doing before workouts? And then what's actually going through your mind as you're teaching? Yeah, so I usually like to kind of take people through an experience um, and music really allows you to do that. And then, you know, I think there's a really powerful time during a class and I usually think it's you know it can be throughout or just at one specific time but I like to find whether it's one song or two songs or maybe it's at the end where you can really challenge the body and because your mind has been able to kind of turn off a little bit at that point and and to be able to release and let go and so I like to build a bit of an arch with my class and to be able to to take you on a journey, you know, like we want to have fun. We want to have a time where you kind of let loose, where you can dig deeper. And to me, that time where you're really tired, you want to do less, you're probably about to quit. And then you, you have to, you go further and you surprise yourself and you shock yourself with how much you can give. The music has to be on point and what the instructor is saying has to be on point because it has to pull it out of you. It's there and you're ready to give that, but it has to be pulled out some of the times because people come in to a class with so many different objectives and there is nothing wrong with the drill sergeant type of teaching that is absolutely for everyone. It's just not for me. And I want to be like nurtured throughout a class. And that doesn't mean that I'm holding your hand necessarily, but I want to feel like you're supporting me. You're alongside of me. And I also want to feel like I can do anything when things get challenging. And that's where um, what I say really means something. And it can be a mood or a general emotion going on. I mean, especially with the crazy year that we've had, it's like really targeting <clears throat> how people are feeling and using that my dog oh my gosh if you can okay. hear i don't know she's always <laughs> running okay. around um but yeah i really try to to create an experience but to use the music to evoke emotion and also evoke what you know just bring out of you what's in you that you're just kind of waiting to release and to use so are you starting with a playlist and then you figure out like okay what are the movements that could go well with this and you build out from there Usually I start with songs that I like need to play, right? Like something that I just know is going to activate something in the class or in the person that I'm working with, where I really know that something, an emotion can be evoked or it's going to activate something in you to push harder. And I start with those songs and then you kind of fill in the rest and then, but it all has to be grouped by movement. So if yeah. I hear a song, I can usually hear what I want them to do to that. Like if I want yeah. them to be doing fast feet or burpees or anything like that, I can usually hear it. Um, and then I group it that way, but I definitely, music is the first part. If it, a song doesn't work in a playlist, I'm like, I have to find a way to make it work. Cause that, that's the biggest part to me. Yeah. And something I'm struck by is I, I think it's very easy to incorporate like an Eminem song into a mm -hmm. workout like that makes sense. But I think building out a workout and figuring out like, OK, this song is good for these movements. 
that's something that I appreciate how you do that so well, because you can't just put on a random song and just have people do whatever exercise you're actually putting thought into, you know, okay, this goes with these movements and that that's super important. Um, you mentioned this is a, you know, you're, this is a crazy time. You're figuring out how to engage people in a new way. I'm curious, you know, how has, how has that changed for you in terms of you're someone who's built this awesome community with recharge wellness company. So tell us a little bit about Recharge Wellness Company, how you've built that and how you've adapted during this crazy time. Totally. And it can be a little confusing. So I'll explain that Recharge Wellness yeah. and the Recharge Method are separate but together, right? So cool. Recharge Method is the class that I created and it's breath work, meditation, going into cardio, hit, sculpt, dance, all of that. So I've been teaching that for a while and that when everything shut down, I just immediately started teaching it on Instagram Live. We moved to Zoom. Now I'm doing some things outside, which is really awesome because we can do that in LA at the moment. Fingers crossed it stays that way. Um, and then with Recharge Wellness, these are either day or weekend retreats that I started this business about two and a half years ago. And they're day or weekend retreats that are women only. And usually they're somewhat intimate, I would say under 30 people. And I like to keep it that way so that it doesn't feel like this overwhelming event. And usually it was in LA or we would travel to different markets and do a retreat, you know, in Chicago or just a little bit outside of Chicago. It's where I'm from originally. And, you know, then we could have a retreat there, different places all over the country and it shut down and it was two weeks before um, a retreat that we had planned in Idlewild, and we were like, okay, we're going to pause this. We're going to wait for it, and it's so funny. I thought we would do it in May. I was like, oh, it'll blow over. We'll be doing it in May. It's like, might be next May or so, um, but we started doing everything virtually, so really, we do now monthly retreats, and we send goodie boxes to people's homes with the brands that we were working with prior to the shutdown, and it's been really incredible to be able to reach people all over the place without having to physically be there. And that was something I had never wanted to teach virtually. I didn't really enjoy that concept. Like I, I'm such an energy person and I want to like, I want to see you. I want to feel the energy. Um, and so I remember someone had asked me if I would teach it virtually. And I said, no, like it's really meant for in person. And same thing with the retreats. Like I want to talk to everyone and, you know, we've had people from all over the world join these retreats. I would say 90% of the girls who take my class don't even live in LA. So they wouldn't have the access to take a class with me. And that's the part that I love the most is that this community has been able to grow and to build in a virtual setting. And I never would have taken that leap or even tried that if it weren't for this. So as much as I miss in person, um, there's still an incredible energy that comes through a screen, whether it's through movement or being on a retreat where there's speakers and different things, we still are able to connect and, and have an energy exchange. It just is a little bit different. Yeah. And I think what's awesome about that, among the many reasons is it's, it's easy when you're teaching as part of a studio, you know, you walk in, you show up, everything is taken care of for you. But with what you're doing outside of your studio work, that's all on you. That's you planning it. I'm curious, what are what are you thinking about as you're planning it? Like, what's the key to a good retreat? What are you trying to uh, establish with these retreats? Yeah, it's wild because, you know, my apartment has turned into now like my workspace, my studio space, an event space. 
a place where like, maybe I'm going to eat too, you know, all of a sudden those things are on the back burner. Um, but ultimately, you know, our retreats were really geared to be able to be virtual and we just never realized it. Um, and so usually we have a theme every month. So last month's theme was financial wellness. We've done a fitness theme. We've had women powered and just different women in business. And we have panels, we have classes, we have workshops, and those things are still happening on Zoom. And so we find some incredible experts to come speak to our community and, and people are still really excited about it. So it's been incredible, but it's absolutely, so I, I don't think that too much of our, our process has changed with actually planning them. Um, yeah. because they, they can look pretty similar just on a virtual space, but figuring out how to, I mean, I had never been on zoom prior to March and now I feel like I spend 90% of my time on there. So it's been a, a learning curve for sure, but it's been really incredible to, to just see how people really wanted it. They really were looking for something like this, especially in the beginning when no one was even going outside. So, yeah. Right. And I saw that one of the things you released during this crazy time was the two weeks to recharge guide. And uh, I think that's great. Like one of the many silver linings of this weird time is kind of the on-demand access we have to things now where it's like maybe I couldn't have done this workout or shown up at the time when you teach your class normally, but now I have access to your instruction because things are on demand. So I'm curious, like as you're putting together these workouts and guides for people, specifically, let's say the two weeks to recharge guide, how do you decide like, you know what, I'm going to make it two weeks. I'm going to focus on these things. Walk me through the process of rolling out a fitness product like that during this crazy time. Yeah. So funny enough, the two week to recharge guide is actually pretty old. It's about a year oh. and a half old. That's okay. But there's a three week to recharge guide coming out so I can speak to it. Um, it's coming out in January. And really it, it outlines, it's pretty similar to the two week one. It's just a bit extended. Um, so focuses on mind, body, spirit, it's journal entries, it's workouts, um, it's at home workouts, it's recharge classes, meditations, which I also teach and just a variety of things that just to make you feel good, you know? And I think that's the ultimate goal is to be able, my biggest thing is that I always want classes, retreats, guides, all of those things to be really accessible to everyone. So I'm super mindful about the pricing. My target girl to attend any of these things is interested in wellness and wants to try it out, but might, might not be committed to a $2,000 a day retreat, which those exist. Um, and the wellness world can be pretty elite. So I do try to make everything really accessible and you know, I, I, I love what I do. And I think that being able to put those products into a guide um, is really, really special and just gives people tools. You know, we all kind of, we all want to feel good. And if there's one thing from that guide that you take with you and goes into your routine, then that's amazing. But yeah, so that's coming January, 2021 will be the three week guide and the two week guide is available. This one will just be amped up a little bit. Awesome. And so you know, we've talked a little bit about your preparation for these workouts and coming up with a guide like that. You are certified. You have this great certification. I want to make sure I get it right by the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Mm -hmm. You know, is that is that kind of is the knowledge you learned from that course kind of the stuff that that guides the 
the knowledge you have of movement and stuff or do you think that's a lot more stuff that you've acquired over time how much how much of your process is stuff you're leaning on from like technical training and how much of it has been acquired from actually teaching sure i think that you know i got certified many years ago and i have quite a few certifications under my belt you have to get specifically zumba certified which is very funny so i've got one of those and um, a bunch of group group trainings and um, different things that I've done through NASM, which is the National National Academy of Sports Medicine through them. I've done, I just, I like to consistently be learning um, and to make sure that I'm kind of up to date on the latest things. But I do think, you know, that was super important for me. I think everyone sh who's teaching should have that certification to lean on, to be able to learn. And then at a certain point, you're teaching, you know your body, you know what to look for in other people's bodies, that it, it becomes intuitive. And at this point, um, it's been seven years, I feel like it's it's very intuitive for me. And I know what, what might feel good on the body, what definitely might need a modification for certain people and things like that. So I'm really mindful of that. Um, but I think, I think it becomes intuitive at a certain point when you've been doing it for a long time. I was teaching 10 to 15 classes for the last six years, I want to say. So when you do it that often, you know what feels good, what doesn't feel good. You can try something and say, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that again. Um, right. <laughs> and kind of go, I would say trial and error, but, but we have to be trying new things and getting creative and things like that. I think something that people might not account for, especially outside of LA is the difficulty of actually landing in a studio is from what I understand, very difficult. Like it's, it's one thing to have the skills that you acquired. It's, it's another skill to actually be able to successfully audition and, and get, mm. get a job teaching a class at a studio. Cause they're, especially in a bigger market like LA, there are, are a lot of people who are qualified. And so there's only so many positions and you obviously have taught at some of the best studios. How have you, you know, what do you think worked for you? How do you think you were able to not just be, knowledgeable but a good coach in front of a group i will say my my background in performance is i, I do believe is a big part of it i have no problem being in front of a crowd um i enjoy i actually think like the more people the more energized that i get um i do personal training and i just don't have the same love for that even though i think it's super valuable and i really enjoy it being able to teach to a group, there's just an energy exchange that happens. And there's there's a certain performance element that comes to teaching a group fitness class. And um, I've been so grateful to teach at all the studios that I've been at and to be able to, um, you know, to bring that energy into these spaces has been really incredible. But I think for me, the performance element was a big part and just being able to to really own who I was as an instructor and who I was as a person. And that that also took, you know, confidence of learning who I was and um, being able to bring that to a studio, bring, being able to bring that to a space and being able to own a room because you really do have to and be able to let people know that they can trust you with their bodies and with their time. And that's really important as well. Yeah. And that makes me think, you know, one of the ways that I know my friends and I, before we, we go to a class or afterward, we'll check, you know, the instructor's Instagram, we'll check their social media and just get a feel for, you know, who, who what is this person like as an instructor to the extent we can tell mm -hmm. um, from their social media. And I think, 
you know, 10 to 20 years ago, if you were teaching a fitness class, you probably didn't need to worry about that. Like you could teach your class and you could do whatever you want with your life outside of it. But now I think there's a, this added burden or added expectation that fitness professionals also present themselves as a brand. I'm curious, I like you, I think do an exceptional job of this. If you look at your feed, it's a great, it's a great um, encapsulation of your teaching style and who you are as a coach, I think from having Thank taken you. your classes. And I'm curious, like what has your approach been to that? Because, you know, if you're an accountant, you're, you're done at 5 PM and you're not expected to then represent how you are as an accountant on your social media. Totally. I think that's, that's an extra thing we expect of fitness professionals. And I'm curious how you've approached it. You know, my, my class is an extension of who I am. Um, and I think that that really comes into play with social media and it's a great place to, you know, social media can get a really bad rap and there are certain parts of it that are exhausting and draining and frustrating, but I have been able to connect with so many people on social media. Maybe someone who was too nervous to, you know, chat after class can send me a message and say, that they loved it or whatever it might have been, or if we don't have a time to connect after class. But I do think for me, it's just I how I feel about moving. I feel so strongly about the way we move our bodies, how we speak to ourselves when we move our bodies, how we speak to ourselves in general, and how all of this translates inside of a room and outside of the room that it just really easily flows onto an Instagram feed. And I do, want people to kind of know what they were what they'd be getting into when if they were to come take a class of mine and that is a really common thing now we check instagram feeds you know i think that's the new google you know so yeah. um for me it comes really naturally to just be able to express who i am and what my class is and my beliefs behind movement and if that's you know if that that's not what you're into then that's totally fine but then you know you might at least know that at that point but I do think it's an extension of who I am as, as my classes. Yeah. And you know, people, people who are looking for a class, especially that engages the mental side, I think you can very clearly see just from going through your feed that, Oh, this is somebody, this is a coach who will cater to that as well, which for me was something awesome. Totally. And in, you know, in these crazy times, I think the mental side has become that much more important. Right. Mm -hmm. So what have you found, what mental practices have you found that have been working for you or that you've incorporated uh, since the pandemic began? Yeah. I mean, not to plug my own class, but it's it's funny because I created the, the recharge method to be able to literally shake out anxiety, stress, discomfort, fear out of your body. It starts with a moving meditation because my belief is that all of those things get trapped inside of our bodies and they get stuck. And then all of a sudden my chest is tight. My shoulders are up by my ears. My jaw is clenched and we don't move those things out. And so it starts with this moving meditation to be able to shake things out of your system and to use your voice, to use your breath work. And then it moves into dance, cardio, hits, vaults, et cetera. But that moving meditation for me is so powerful to be able to, to utilize, to be able to feel a little bit of release in a time that's been so wild and uncomfortable. And so it's, you know, every day feels the same, but different, you know, yeah. there's a new, new, um, ordinance that's out, but it's also groundhog day. It's been wild, but I will say that that has been 
a game changer for me. And it's been so amazing to see so many women gravitate towards it. And I meditate every morning for like five to 10 minutes. It's brief, but it's enough to get grounded. And I would say the other things that I lean on, I love to journal and just to kind of take stock of where I'm at. I'm a big manifester journal. You know, I like to write out the things that I dream about and, and watch them come true. You know, I think that's a big, a big practice that I love. And, um, but taking time for myself without my phone, whether it's going for a walk or taking a bath or something like that, but being able to detach from the things that can bring us so much of that tension and anxiety um, and to be able to release that and just take a second. So I think any of those self-care practices, meditation's a big one. And I think it can be something that people either love or they're really averse to. And I think there are so many different forms of meditation that people can try that you might be surprised how your thoughts may change surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was something that uh, I've been doing for a few years now, but definitely before I started, I was pretty skeptical of, um, but having, having done it now, I've seen the benefits and I was just watching the 10 minute meditation you posted recently. Mm. And you know, it, it's funny. It made me think like, if you go to a, to the same studio a lot, sometimes you feel like, Oh, I could, I could teach this class. But then I was like thinking, no, like this is actually very hard. Right. (laughs) And so even, even after listening to my fair share of guided meditations and doing my own meditations, I was like, I was very struck by, by how you kept it moving in a, in a, in a nice way. And I'm curious, like when you're going to plan out a 10 minute meditation like that, um, I guess simply, how do you do it? Like what, how do you know how to do that? What are you thinking of? Cause you know, people who are skeptical might be like, okay, um, well, I know if I were to record myself doing it, let me see if I can pull this off. Well, it's just mm-hmm. like, all right, uh, move your fingers, feel right. but like, I think <laughs> after a minute, after a minute or two, people will realize like, oh, this is actually, you know, this is very powerful. And it's very important to, to learn from a coach who actually has an understanding of this, which I think, you know, anybody who watches your meditations will see that you have. So how do you, how do you go about doing these meditations? Oh, you know, I wish I had a step-by-step process, but I truly have never led a meditation that I have planned prior, never. And I think I tried it once to do it by myself at home or something like that for one of the guides. And if I plan it, then I'm like leaning to something rather than allowing whatever I feel in my body or whatever I feel like I need to say, I'm leaning on that rather than listening to myself. And I will say I've been teaching meditation for many years. So I do have that background to be able to lean on, but usually I pick the songs that I think will, will support the meditation. And then I like to put an intention behind what I'm going to say. So the 10 minute meditation that I posted the other day was to really help people ground and just release for 10 minutes without having to do the big shaking meditation, but to connect to what parts of their body are holding on to tension and things like that. So I have a general concept of what I want to put in the meditation, but I don't, I don't write a script or anything like that. I just kind of go with it and let the music speak to me as to what I'm going to say and how it moves forward and things like that. Because I, I love guided meditations because it's, 
Um, even as someone who teaches meditation, I struggle to, to meditate sometimes. And I struggle to just focus on my breath without my mind being 10 different places within 30 seconds. But I do think that from so many of the ones that I've heard, they can be very similar. And so I try to stick to just what comes up for me. And a lot of times it can turn into a little bit of a motivational conversation, but I also think that it doesn't sway anyone either way. It's just those things that we like to hear that we're in the moment and we don't have to be in tomorrow or yesterday that we can be right here. Um, so it, nothing is wildly profound or is going to be disruptive to the moment. But I think that that's how I've really enjoyed doing meditations is just keeping it, keeping it up to whatever comes to me in that moment. That's great. Like the fact that it's so improvisational because that's kind of what meditation from how I've been taught is that's how it flows really. Like yeah. you're not supposed to judge. You're not supposed to judge what comes up. I think as I was starting from what my teacher told me, it's pretty common where it's like we judge. Am I supposed to be thinking this? Am I supposed mm -hmm. to be feeling this way? And then after a lot of practice and a lot of time, it's th those questions kind of just don't don't pop up as much. Um, so it's totally. cool to see like that. That's how that guides your teaching of it as well is very cool to me. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, and so let's say there are, there are people listening who might be a little skeptical of meditation or maybe just have been off of their routine during the pandemic. Like I know I'm still trying to get back to a semblance of a routine. Like before, you know, I would, I had my 7am class and then I'd go to work yeah. and that was, that was pretty much the routine. And now I'm just trying to, trying to make sure it gets to that regularity. But um, for people who are listening, who are trying to get back on a routine or, or maybe, you know, hesitant to try something new like meditation, what advice do you have? I think for meditation, there is an expectation of how, how much time you need to invest into it to feel the benefits. And I would say, especially if you're skeptical, try it for two minutes, try it for three minutes, try it for four minutes, just kind of add time and right. see how you see how you like it, see what happens and see maybe what time feels best for you. I prefer five minutes in the morning and then more in the evening personally, because I can get, I, I'm usually afraid I'm going to fall back asleep if I do it too long in the morning, but five minutes is usually perfect for me to just kind of get myself grounded and get into the day. And then I think in regards to any routine, I mean, truly I have, when I, when we first shut down in March, I was like, what do I do with my day? Like I had no clue what to do. And I set a schedule for myself every day and whether you know, it was wake up at X time, take a class, do different things. We can still have similar routines to what we had prior and we'll have again, but being able to set those things up for yourself. And maybe it's one thing a day that you can stick to. Maybe it's one meditation that you're going to try or one new fitness class. And if you're skeptical, I would just say, try it anyways. And because the nothing bad's going to happen to you. You're just going to try it. And maybe it's not for you, um, but there might be a version that is for you. So I would just say, just, just try it. Right. And over the course of your own teaching, I'm sure you've, you've tried many different approaches. Um, how do you think your teaching has evolved since you first began seven years ago? Uh, I think when I first started, I was just so excited to be a part of this world. And I didn't fully know which formats I like to teach more than others. I just was like ready to do it full time. I was teaching so many classes 
and was just trying to do the most. Um, and now I look at, I'm really intentional with the way that I teach. I formulate my classes to be able to support the message that is at the root of the class, whether it be, you know, each day might be a little bit different, but ultimately I just want people to move their bodies, feel good about themselves, be kind to themselves and to move things out. And I didn't have that type of depth when I started when I was 20. Um, but I, I always really wanted to motivate people to feel good. And that was, I would say that that's been consistent. I've just grown up a little bit and found different modalities and um, really allowed my voice to be heard as well. I would, I was nervous when I started teaching. I had all of these beautiful things to say when I first started, but I was so nervous that people would think, you know, X, Y, Z about a 20 year old trying to motivate them or whatever it may be. And I was nervous to use my voice. And now I feel really confident in my voice. And that took years. That took time to be able to believe what I was saying and to know that if my intentions are good, it doesn't matter what anything, anyone thinks of it. And, um, you know, it's been really amazing to see people resonate with those things that I, that I say, or the way that I teach and yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as somebody who takes classes regularly, when we find instructors we gravitate toward, they're kind of like our own superheroes that we check in with during the week. Like it's like, totally. oh, great. Like you look forward to the person's class. You look up to them. You look up to their inspiration. And on the flip side of that, I can imagine how there might be there might be some pressure and burdens that come with that as the instructor, especially, you know, there are, the fitness space is becoming more and more popular, you know, digital fitness becoming a big thing. How do you preserve your own, you know, your own sanity and how do you how do you get to that that comfortable, healthy space when it's so easy to to feel pressure from all these people looking up to you, waiting for your next instruction or looking and seeing, you know, we, we just talked about social media. It's so easy to see like, oh, this instructor is doing this thing or, you know, friends totally. telling you, have you have you heard about this instructor? They're awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you how do you deal with uh, those other factors and and keep it focused to the beautiful practice that you're running? Totally. And comparison is, is brutal. It is brutal. And it is, you know, especially in Los Angeles, the fitness industry is saturated, but I think that's an incredible thing because so many people want what we're offering, you know, and, and I want what other people are offering too. You know, I take classes to receive different things and I would look at it less as a pressure and more of a responsibility to stay true to my method of teaching, stay true to what I know to be true for me and to show up as authentically as possible to show up truly wanting to serve the community of people that show up for me and wanting them to feel good and wanting to connect with them and i think if i'm doing that then i'm going to be okay and that i can withhold anything going on but um the comparison is is really tricky and i think that that can be said in so many different fields but there's a lot of people doing doing the same thing, but if I can be authentic to who I am and the way that I teach and what my mission is as a teacher, then that's all that matters. Yeah, I like what you just said a lot about how you go to different instructors for different things. So, you know, you may have an instructor who teaches a meditation class that really resonates with you and then go to yeah. a different instructor for their strength training. 
because you that that's a better approach for you i think i think that's great but then it's not a zero-sum game it's you're just finding what works best for you and there's a place for everyone in that absolutely and there's so many incredible instructors out there there's so many and i really it's such a small fitness world especially in los angeles but there's so many talented incredible instructors and i love to take class i can do my own workout at home all day, but I'm a class girl through and through. I love to teach class and I love to take class. So if I'm gonna take a class from someone, I really I really want it to be in a class format rather than writing out my own workout and doing that at home. I have less motivation with that, you know? But if there's a class to follow, I just enjoy that method personally. And I think that's why I've always gravitated towards group fitness for myself as well. Yeah, I think among guys, there's a bias to to go to the gym. That's just a more common thing totally. we saw growing up. And I actually found a few years ago when I started taking classes, I found it to be way more efficient because I didn't have to think about anything because people like you have already thought about what totally. I'm going to do. Um, and you're just in a flow and there's something about seeing other people also experiencing, you know, the moment of, OK, I need to find that hidden reservoir of energy. We're all in this together. There's something about that communal spirit that can be really great. And I, I just, I can't recommend it enough. I think clearly you've, you've found a great community, but just to pitch it to the dudes out there listening, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you might see, you know, you know, uh, a woman doing, you know, recharge and think like, Oh, I, I, I'll just stick to my weights, but no, like it's, it's actually find the class that works best for you, or at least just give it a shot because you might be surprised as, as I was. And I think a lot of my friends have been too, as we've been more open-minded about our approach. Totally. And I think that's a big, a big stigma surrounding group fitness is that it's, it's for women, you know, and, and there's a lot of women who come to group fitness, but there's a, big handful of men that do as well. And I think for me personally, I, I don't love going, just going to the gym. Like I said, I like to take a class and I think that there is a misconception that you're not going to get the same type of workout or something like that. And I agree with the efficiency element. It's like, you're just going to come on in, we're going to do it and that's it. Um, and you don't have to think about what you're going to do next. I always think about like, the equipment I always want is taken by someone that oh, I yeah. wait and oh, all yeah. of that, you know? So, um, we've got all that for you. And I think that's the cool part, but, um, I would say I have seen more guys come through with, with fitness classes. And I think it's, I think we're getting there. So I think there's yeah. a, a good, uh, uptick in that for sure. Slowly, but surely. And on that positive note, we will transition to the rapid fire questions. Awesome. Firstly, what's an app that you can't live without? Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, I know this is rapid fire, but as much as it is hit or miss for a lot of people, I've met a lot of my closest friends on Instagram, which is so funny. And so it has, I think it has more good powers than bad. Fair enough. And who would you like to play you in a movie about your life? I thought long and hard about this one, and I'm going to go with Sophia Bush. Oh, awesome. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one skill or ability, what would it be? I'm a pretty good cook, but I could be better, and I would really like to be a better cook, and I would like to be able to bake because I can cook. I cannot bake. I'd like to be able to bake better. Maybe a little patience with that. That might, that might be the key. Where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit? 
So I have been to Paris a long time ago when I was younger, but I really wanted to go back for about a year and a half and I had plans to go this year. So it'll feel like the first time because I was so young. So Paris is the only place that I can currently think about right now. Yeah. And uh, what's a song that you like to jam to? We have a Spotify playlist where we throw in our guest song recommendations. So what is your jam? I have so many, but I have to say this week, I've been playing it in recharge all, all the time, is either 24K Golden or you got to throw it back always to Rihanna's We Found Love. That's like my go-to dance party in the house. So that, that one's just always a feel good all the time. All right. And uh, lastly, where can people find your work and follow you on social media? Yeah. So I'm basically Rachel Recharged everywhere with a D at the end. So Rachel Recharged on Instagram. Um, our retreats are under Recharge Wellness Co. And then you can find my website, rachelrecharge.com and my email, all that. It's all Rachel Recharge. So pretty much across the board, you can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. This was great. Great. Thank you so much for having me.